Hello, it's Friday the 24th of February and welcome to the Better Business Show Friday 5. I'm Tom Idle and joining me on the other side of the internet, it's Vicky Knowles. She's back. Hello, you doing, I'm back. You all right? I'm doing great. Had a great week off. <laughs> did you? Why did what, we, we were talking last week with obviously Alison jumped in your seat, but wh- where were you? What are you up oh, to? She's a great substitute. Um, I was out gallivanting, to be honest. I was yeah. out in a yeah, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, obviously missed hanging out on the Friday Five. You know, yeah. I'm glad to be back. Well, g- glad to have you back. I'm glad you, that you're not going to elaborate on your uh, gallivanting. So we'll leave it at that, <laughs> shall we? Uh, so this week, Vix, um, the top five stories from across sustainable business. We're going to be talking about Heineken's rampant growth while keeping emissions at bay. We're going to be talking about the six emerging trends in sustainability communications. We're going to be looking at where in the world uh, women's workplace equality is best. Uh, There's a new sustainable menswear range on the block, donating profits to ocean charities. And we're also going to be talking about Shell, which is uh, placing a huge bet on hydrogen uh, as it uh, launches a number of filling stations. So let's do it, Vic. So number five this week, uh, Heineken. Um, and Heineken has just released its latest sustainability report alongside uh, its finance uh, financial report, uh, which is something that lots of big companies are starting to do now. Uh, but basically, if a firm belief that business growth and sustainability go hand in hand, has seen Heineken published its latest report alongside the, the financial report for the first time, uh, with the report highlighting rapid business expansion alongside a decrease in emissions. So plenty of good news coming out from Heineken, uh, which came out on Wednesday pointed to a 37% reduction in carbon emissions in its production, just short of the 40% target that it's set for 2020. Uh, when looking at absolute carbon reductions, a 5% reduction has been recorded in the, si- in the same time frame, despite Heineken growing its business volumes by 52%, a huge growth, uh, but it's managed to work out a way of keeping those emissions under control. So, so good on energy and some decent results in tackling water use too, something which uh, the whole brewing sector really needs to sort out. Uh, Heineken uh, hit its 2020 commitment to reduce specific water consumption in breweries by 25% last year. Uh, Ahead of the new targets that are being announced this year, the company revealed that water consumption has fallen by 28% per hectolitre of product since 2008, uh, which is a lot more impressive than probably it sounds, to be honest. it's uh, the, the water consumption in breweries is, is huge, particularly a problem in, in water-stressed areas. Uh, so there's there's some announcements around that too. Uh, but Heineken, huge, huge business, operates 165 facilities around the world. Uh, so lots of kind of complex water, waste, energy problems to, to sort out. Um, but and we had them on the show, of course, back um, back last year with lots of uh, very interesting things they were doing in their one of their plants over in Austria. But uh, they seem to be sort of rolling a number of those those programs out across the world. So uh, it's an impressive story, and um, yeah, I like it when we we see these big companies get into grips with stuff. So that's number five. Number four, Vix, what you got for us? Great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so at number four, we've got, um, so ED.net has rounded up six emerging trends of sustainability communication. Uh, the first one is gamification. That's like using a game or activity to educate and engage, as you probably know. And the article points to examples such as Microsoft's One Drop of Life app, which raises awareness of global water issues while the user navigates the water droplet through a maze of twigs, leaves and toxic waste to reach a collection of drops. And then there's Heineken, as you've just been discussing, 
um, which has funneled key messages and milestones of its US operations to various games where you clear litter and ride boats on their website. Um, so the next trend is smartphone apps, whether it's Unilever's Waterworks app, connecting those in water stress areas to people making charitable donations, or Sainsbury's Winnow app, which acts as a smart meter to monitor and weigh food waste. And then there's virtual reality, that's the next one. Um, for example, with Conservation International's Under the Canopy film, which actually puts the viewer in the heart of the Amazon. Um, not so much a new innovation, but social media is there as well, um, being harnessed for sustainable communications. Um, so with corporations such as Dell having a dedicated sustainability Twitter handle, for example. Um, then there's celebrity endorsement, whether it's Leonardo DiCaprio being a vocal activist for action against climate change or Emma Watson hitting the red carpet in a dress made from plastic bottles. And then finally, TV advertising. Um, I don't know if you saw Kenko's Coffee versus Gangs advert, but um, it basically highlights how training young people as coffee farmers can keep them out of gangs. And then you've got Unilever's Project Sunlight ad adverts, which encourage us to live more sustainable lifestyles. Yeah, it's a good it's a good roundup. I, I did scan it last yeah. night, and um, I need to go back to it because there's some really interesting things. I love to see the, the Kenko piece as well. It's uh, some really Ooh. interesting ways of communicating. Uh, so thanks there, Vic. That was number four. Number three this week, uh, women's equality. Where is the best place in the world to be a working woman? Uh, PwC has put out its latest Women in Work Index, which ranks countries based on their equality in employment and earnings. Uh, so it uh, shines a lot on Britain, as you'd imagine. This is something I picked up from uh, uh, Management Today, obviously a UK publication. Britain clocks in at a respectable 13th, up from 17th in 2000. And its score in the index has shot up by more than 12 points to 61.8 in the same period. There's plenty of other countries that put the UK to shame, however. Uh, many of the top performers are the usual suspects that seem to top every poll on issues from national happiness to press freedom, environmentalism. So you've got Iceland, uh, which landed the number one spot. Uh, Sweden, Norway, New Zealand up there as well. More surprisingly is that Slovenia and Poland came in at fifth and ninth respectively. Uh, women in the two Eastern European countries are far more likely to be in work than those in the UK. And they have a smaller oh. pay gap too. I know, yeah, it's amazing, eh? Um, yeah. And the, the study only looked at 33 of the 35 countries in the OECD club of wealthy countries. So it's perfectly possible there are some others that could have come out higher. The worst performers on the list were Greece, South Korea and Mexico. At current rates, it would take South Korea, as well as Spain and Germany, 300 years to reach pay parity between the genders. Um, so this index was calculated based on a number of criteria, the gap between female and male earnings, the participation rate of women in the labour force, the gap between male and female participation rates, the female unemployment rate, proportion of women in full-time employment. Uh, as I say, management today, have a look at it. It's, it's, it's an interesting story, but it, it, you know, it suggests that it is worth comparing PwC's findings with those of the World Economic Forum's global gender gap, which, which comes out every year. And that factored in a, a, you know, a much broader range of criteria, including uh, women's educational opportunities and health and uh, participation in politics, things like that. Uh, but it did produce similar sorts of findings. Obviously, Scandinavian countries dominating the top, uh, as you would expect. Uh, but well worth having a look. Management today. 
Mm, that's mad, actually. Um, on a different topic, um, so what are we, number two, uh, how about a t-shirt that can save the ocean? Well, sustainable menswear brand Outerwear have created an organic cotton t-shirt that donates 100% of the profits to Ocean Conservancy to help conserve beaches and oceans. The range is called It's Not Okay, and there's like a little hashtag, so you can uh, social media it up with that. Um, and, the, the t- and the t-shirt will be joined by a towel in the summer and a fleece jump like a fleece in the in the fall um so outer known founder kelly slater says uh what if other animals were creating as much garbage as humans it's pretty appalling if you think of it that way we need to shift our awareness it's not okay to destroy the ocean it's not one person's problem it's everyone's problem and um so the company plans for its it's not okay products to be cornerstones of its collection for many seasons to come brilliant okay uh, again, another brilliant business we'd like to get on the show. So that's uh, mm. yeah, one to follow up. Uh, so number one this week, Vix, uh, Shell places bets on hydrogen cars going mainstream. This is a story picked up by the Financial Times about the obviously the energy giant Shell opening hydrogen filling stations in the UK, in Germany and the US. Uh, so on the M25, for anyone that loves the M25, uh, Cobham Services now has... Uh, a filling pump for hydrogen-powered cars uh, opened on Wednesday, uh, and it's seen very much as Shell uh, putting a bet, really, on the technology vying with uh, battery-powered electric cars to replace fossil fuels in road transport. That's certainly what the FT is saying. Um, Shell is already part of a public-private uh, consortium planning 400 hydrogen filling stations across Germany by 2023, together with partners including its French rival, Total. Uh, the Cobham uh, services marks the start of a wider effort to support the growth of hydrogen uh, fuel cell cars in northwest Europe. Um, so Matthew Tipper, head of new fuels at, F- at Shell, says, we see more car makers putting focus on hydrogen, and the first vehicles are beginning to arrive in key markets. That gives us confidence to begin put- building out the infrastructure. So this is hugely important. Of course, we had um, uh, River Simple uh, as one of our guests uh, a few months back on the show. Uh, And this is really the start. Hydrogen fuel cell vehicles have so far kind of struggled to gain momentum in the race with electric vehicles, battery-powered cars, to become that dominant challenger to the internal combustion engine. Um, But hopefully, you know, this is the sort of thing that needs to happen to really sort of turn the tide on that. So watch this space. Um, so that's it, Vix. That's our five. Um, great, great to have you back. And um, great to be back. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, what's happening the weekend? Any plans? I'm, uh, I'm doing a bit of dog sitting. <laughs> dog sitting. Okay. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Um, yeah, to support well, my brother. <laughs> Three doggies than... to look after. Three dogs. Okay, well, that sounds better than my weekend, anyway. Okay. What are you doing? I'm still packing. I feel like I've been saying this for weeks on the show now. I'm moving <laughs> and I'm still packing. And well, only one more week to go. So, um, yeah, there's so much to do. Yeah, so much to do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but that's it. That's it. We'll be back again on, on Monday for another one of our main shows. I don't know whether we'll be back next Friday, to be honest, Vix, for a Friday five again, uh, given that's my moving date. Uh, but we'll see. We might well do one on the Thursday or something, but we'll see how we go. Um, yeah. But anyway, you have a great weekend and I'll see you soon. See you soon.